Hello, 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 body page. Sorry that we are fashionably late today. We had some yeah. technical challenges, but we are here and we are ready to talk to you about a very important topic. So I'm joined by Trevor and our guest today is Natalie Wallace. So Natalie is a registered dietitian who works internally here at Beachbody. And she did her, her undergraduate in nutrition at California um, Polytechnic University in San Luis Obispo, which is slow, right? Like that's what everybody in California calls it. I didn't know that until I lived in California. Slow. And uh, after that, she took some time off to gain some work experience, worked as a nutritionist, did some one-on-one -on -one counseling uh, and group worked with groups. Then she went back to school, got her master's in clinical nutrition and did a dietetic internship at the University of Buffalo in New York. And she is a pro in our topic today. So she's passionate about women's health. Uh, she's training right now to be a birth doula. She's the mom of a beautiful baby girl. And she hosts a podcast uh, that's called the Birth of a Mama podcast. And she shares uncensored stories of real women and their transition into motherhood. And she wants to spread awareness of the collective everyday struggles that mothers face. So it's appropriate that we're talking to Natalie today close to Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day, Natalie. I hope it was great. Yeah, it was nice. I, um, well, okay, let's be honest. It wasn't yeah. what I expected, but that like often is the case. It's my husband was sick and my daughter was sick. So <laughs> it was basically like I was on extra mom duty instead of kind yeah. of getting the day off, which is what I wanted, but that's okay. Stuff happened. Yeah. You captured the essence of motherhood in a day. Hopefully exactly. there there were some bright spots. Uh, My husband was very sweet and he booked me a massage and surprised uh, me. And he was like, oh, by the way, you have something at 3.30. So that was really sweet. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had some surprises. Yeah. 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 Also, I have to say something also. Uh, Natalie is also a member of my team here at Body, So I'm especially happy to have her join Mission Nutrition today. Natalie, welcome. Uh, humble brag. Welcome. Humble brag. So excited <laughs> to be here. Uh, I'm jealous that you're not part of my team, but we're proxy. Like we hang together yeah, in, yeah. in the background. I like my pseudo team, which yes. is great. Uh, by association. Yeah. I'm like cool by association because I get to work with both of you. <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> um, Natalie, so today the topic is all about this journey into motherhood and fueling that journey, right? So we have a lot of women who are customers of ours and they we get lots and lots of questions on this topic. So I'm so glad we have your expert brain to pick. Um, we talked about, well, we set this chat up to talk about prenatal, so before pregnancy, then pregnancy, and then postnatal nutrition. And obviously there are an immense number of topics. So we welcome people to post questions if they come up as we chat through uh, those different life stages. But let's start with the prenatal. So many women are trying to become pregnant. What are some things that they should keep in mind as they prepare for the start of that journey into motherhood? 
Yeah, so I love this question because it's so important that we're eating adequately and getting good nutrition before we even become pregnant, right? Which um, a lot of women, not most, but a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant until they're like almost through the first trimester, right? So not even talking about preconception, like they're already in it and they might not have been doing all these things already. So if we can think about it beforehand, that's great as much in the future as we can. I would say at least three to six months, but our nutrient status before we conceive is really going to set the stage for our pregnancy and beyond. Um, And one thing I really kind of would recommend to people is if they can also be working with their healthcare provider, their healthcare team, if you have the, um, opportunity to kind of like request some labs, I would say try to get things looked at like vitamin D, iron, um, get a thyroid panel done. Your thyroid health is going to be kind of in parallel with your fertility. So that's something that to kind of get checked out and get things leveled out if those are out of whack. Um, and then the vitamin D, just seeing where you're at so that we can think about maybe a prenatal. A lot of times you start that before you even become pregnant, right? To fill in those gaps um, where your diet might be falling a little short. Um, and then in terms of like food or actually, you know, thinking about nutrition directly, like I would say focusing on consuming balanced meals made up as real food, made up of real food as possible. And it sounds really simple and easy when I say it like that, but what does that look like or what does that mean? So if I am saying balanced meals, I want people to imagine their plate, cut that plate in half and then cut one of those halves in half again. Half of that plate, I would like it to be vegetables, non-starchy vegetables. The other half or each quarter of the other half, one is protein and one is carbohydrates. Um, Protein is going to be a huge one that I'm going to talk about a lot today because our needs just go so, so high up um, during pregnancy and even postnatally. So um, we'll circle back to that later. And then carbohydrates are going to be like anything with carbs in it really whole grains, beans, and legumes, which also have protein. So bonus. Um, So those types of things would be your carbs. And then when I talk about real food, what I mean is food that's just in its whole, like minimally processed as you would find it in nature form, which we hear all the time. Um, So an example of that is like an egg, you would eat the whole egg. You wouldn't just buy a carton of egg whites, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a couple other things to note in terms of like that plate. So you've got your veggies, your protein, your carbs, cooking your vegetables and fat, like don't be afraid of fat, especially prenatally or like preconception. Fats are very important for our hormone health. So our hormones are derived from fat. So if we're not eating fats and we're deficient in fats because we're scared of them, we're not going to be making our hormones like we should, and we're not going to be that fertile, right? So we need fats. So cook your vegetables and fat. Also, the fats can help you absorb a lot of the nutrients in the vegetables. So that's also a good point to make. Um, Carbohydrates and protein, pairing those two things together. So even if you're just having a snack and you're having carbs, try to pair protein with it. This is just going to help balance out our blood sugars and having more stable blood sugars is going to help with preconception. And then colorful produce. And this includes the color white, right? So cauliflower, onions, garlic, a lot of people think, oh, it's just the rainbow. Like it's just colors, but it's really everything. So really trying to get a variety of that in your diet, that's going to help with immune function, provide all those antioxidants, getting those in as many meals and snacks as you can. And just remember, it's not about being perfect doing your best and, you know, planning ahead as much as you can. Also not skipping meals, not having coffee and calling that breakfast, right? So <laughs> this isn't the time to be fasting. We want to balance out those blood sugars, yeah. we want to have the nutrients coming in. We want to build up our nutrient stores. Um, and then one other thing you can do in the kitchen, and this is something 
kind of more easy and not as like daunting as changing your diet is swapping out plastics and Teflon and those nonstick pans for other alternatives that are a little bit more um, supportive of our endocrine function. So plastics contain things like BPAs and phthalates. Those are endocrine disruptors. And then the Teflon or that coating on those nonstick pans, when it's a... Um, it's exposed to high heat levels or it gets scratched. Particles are going to come off into the food and they contain right. things called PFCs. Yeah. And these are also endocrine disruptors. So this is going to affect your reproductive hormones, your thyroid hormones, all things that are so important for your, con your ability to conceive and your fertility. Now, is it all plastics or like, you know, like, like BPA free uh, plastics? I like, are those okay? So it's very nuanced because there's other forms of bisphenols, right? There's bisphenol A, there's all these other ones now that so they'll be able to say, oh, it's BPA free, but they might be using some other form. And so I honestly, if you can, and this isn't just like a black and white thing, you don't need to go to your kitchen and clear out every right. single, you know, you don't need to freak out and be obsessive, but like slow, as slow as you can, just kind of start changing out some of your plastic cupware for glass and get rid of that Teflon pan and get a cast iron or a cast iron with enamel if you don't like the high maintenance of cast iron, but just slowly starting to get rid of those things and replace with glass, replace with stainless steel, ceramic. Um, these are just going to be safer options that aren't going to be like leaching those things into your foods and then, you know, you're consuming them and it's going to disrupt your, your hormones. Um, so that's a lot, but all yes. great information. Yeah. So what I took away is go see your physician, do a preconception appointment, figure out what your areas of need are in terms of nutrient status, and then supplement to, to if you're low, like me in vitamin D. So look out for those. Many things. people are. It's very common. Oh, totally. Yeah. Especially yeah. like if you're coming off winter, like I am, mm -hmm. you uh, probably didn't see a lot of sun. Yeah. So <laughs> how many things play a role in that? It's really like, cause we can make it through the sun, right? right. But, but now we all wear sunscreen. Yeah. We're all covered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, sunscreen, all types of that, your age, your skin color, all types of things. Yeah. yeah. So then, and then focusing on whole foods in that 50%, 25, 25 veggies, protein and carbohydrates. So yeah. Now that you've laid the stage in preconception, how do things change when you finally, yay, get pregnant? You've transitioned, you find out, you confirm that you're pregnant with your physician, you start your prenatal care, and then how should your diet change or does it change significantly from that stage that you set during that preconception period? And Natalie, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go back to one thing that you know, will carry over into the second stage here, which is that prenatal vitamin. Like, are there certain... Mm -hmm nutrients in certain percentages or amounts that that people should look for in a prenatal vitamin like for instance i know that you know biotin is pretty important right so yeah i would say there's probably a long list of vitamins and it can yeah. be kind of daunting i will list them off but i also want to talk about like you know um, different forms that you want to look for in supplements. So there's activated forms of vitamins and then forms that are not as active or forms that our body has to kind of um uh we have to go through processes to change them into the form that's active. So they're not as useful, I guess, to us, and they're not as bioavailable, meaning we don't absorb them as well, all those kinds of things. So um, supplements is a important topic because you're going to need a prenatal 
ideally before you even conceive and then alter yeah. your pregnancy. Yeah. And it even carries over into postpartum, right? Whether you're nursing or not, I would say right. a woman would need to continue for at least six months or as long as she's breastfeeding with that prenatal vitamin. And you don't need to change to like a postnatal, you can. And again, talk to your healthcare provider. They're going to help advise you on supplements of any kind, but um, you can, it's likely totally fine to just stay on that prenatal that you were on, especially if it was a good high quality prenatal. Yeah. So they're not all created equal. Again, you want to look for activated forms. So when I say that, what does that mean? Specifically the B vitamins and vitamin A, you want at least some of the vitamin A to be coming from preformed vitamin A. And what it would look like on a label is it would be called retinyl palmitate. So if you need to like pause this later and write it down, um, and then the B vitamins, um, you want folate over folic acid. So you really want folate. That's the found that's the the type that's found naturally in foods. It's the type that is going to be um, readily used by most people. Up to sixty percent of the population has a gene variant in the MTHFR enzyme, meaning they're actually not able to process process folic acid. So you need that folate version. So sixty percent—that's more than half. Yeah, and side note on that sometimes it's yeah. listed as methylfolate correct like you yeah, might so methyl exactly folate. okay folate is l or it might be listed as 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate okay so either one of those is going to be a form of folate what you don't want is folic acid like if you see folic acid right. on the label red flag that's yeah. not the one you want folate so methylfolate or 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate okay cool. those are the, the active form of folate then there's also b6 and b12 and you want those in the active forms as well. So B6 would be pyridoxal 5-phosphate and B12 would be either methylcobalamin or adenosylcobalamin. Okay, so those are the B vitamins. Those are really important. Um, those are kind of like the energy vitamins they are also very important for preventing neural tube defects, yeah. um, the brain development of the baby. So really important that we're not deficient in these and this is filling in any gaps in the diet. And then again, I said, like I said before, there's a long list of ones that we want to make sure that it's a comprehensive prenatal. Right. A lot of prenatals, they either don't, they're, they're missing uh, vitamins or minerals altogether, or, you know, they don't have them in adequate quantities. And the problem with that is really that the, the, the dietary guidelines, the RDA is set for these micronutrients are below what's considered optimal right. and that's because unfortunately research takes, and Emily, you know, this and yeah. to too, research takes forever on average 17 years to get to clinical application and even longer to get into what's recommended to the public. Right. Yeah. So, like from a policy perspective, right. Exactly. It's really yeah. hard to change these things. So um, unfortunately it just, we're behind like 20 years basically on what the research says. And it wasn't until 2015 that we even actually got research on pregnant women before that it was literally like one or two subjects and everything else was estimated basically based off of men. So the recommendations are far below what we actually need. Some of them are upwards of like 50, 70% times like more than what the RDA is for. So yeah. we want to make sure when we get that supplement, it's comprehensive. Um, things like choline is a huge one. It's like the yeah. cousin to folate. It's really important for baby's brain development. And when they follow women who supplement with different levels of choline, those who have like double the RDA have babies who test um, for quicker reaction time and better cognition, like later in life. So choline is really, really important. Really look for that one on your, on your prenatal, um, things like iodine also important for, for cognitive function, um, vitamin B12, which we already talked about vitamin D, you might need a separate supplement for that. A lot yeah. of times it's not nearly enough, even in the comprehensive versions. Um, and then, uh, vitamin K2, magnesium, selenium, DHA is one as well. That's not usually in the prenatal. So you'd want a separate high quality 
third party tested DHA supplements. DHA is uh, omega omega three. Omega three, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. So these are all really important things to consider. Talk with your healthcare provider, do your own research, even like go back through this video, pause it, write things down if you need to. Um, But yeah, it's really important to make sure that we have those activated forms of vitamins and a comprehensive prenatal. And when you're um, looking at your D3 separately, it's um, or your vitamin D, you want D3 and not D2. So the colocalciferol versus the ergocalciferol, that's the active form. That's the, the animal form that's going to, that's the form that we basically make through our skin with the sunlight. So we want that. Um, and I would say about 4,000 IUs or international units. And that's kind of like a baseline. You might actually need more if you're deficient. So going back to replacing those labs, seeing if you're insufficient or even deficient, and even those markers are set for low, right? The averages. So if you're Mm -hmm. in the low range, when you get those results back, you, you should certainly, you should definitely, I would honestly probably do maybe even more than 5,000, 4,000 IUs. You can do upwards of like 6,000 IUs and be totally safe. And again, in the research we're seeing, um, benefit like linear upward benefits yeah. with like the mm-hmm. higher the higher dose so but again like get the labs consult you know with exactly. your doctor that's 100%. the first step yeah always always yes um and i i think to your point natalie the doses of each of these things are important so again do a your research on how much you need of each of these things. We'll list them out uh, in the in the comments so that you can see the Cliff Notes version. But so helpful. Thank you, Trevor, for asking that question because it is meaningful and important. Um, okay, so now you have your your dietary recommendations, the the supplement recommendations. Now now you're pregnant, <laughs> right? If you lay you laid the stage appropriately. Do, does any of that change? Right. So it's a good question. And I do want to preface with that um, food should always be first. So the yeah. supplement should really be to fill in the gaps and to Trevor's point and just to redrive all of this home, getting your labs assessed, working with your healthcare provider, seeing where you're starting off to see like you might not need that comprehensive. You might just need like vitamin D and DHA or if you know that you eat really well and all these things I'm talking about, you're like, yep, check, check, check. Like I do that. Amazing. That means you're getting all of these nutrients from your food, which is that's like the A plus, right? We want that. But if you know that, you know, you're not going to be doing that or, you know, sometimes, especially in the first trimester, we're just not feeling so great. We're really nauseous. We're growing up. We need to fill in those gaps. So food first. But with that being said, um, there are some nutrients of concern that we want to get through the diet as much as we can. All the things that we just talked about in the supplements, right? Choline, folate, B12, vitamins, A, D, K2. Um, So, it can be kind of overwhelming when you hear me spewing off all these vitamins and minerals, like, oh my God, okay, my head's spinning. Yeah. How, how do I put this on my plate that you talked about, right? My veggies and my carbs and my protein. So really what I want you to do is focus again on those real whole foods and specifically those nutrient dense protein rich foods. And ideally, honestly, in this stage of life, I know we're very plant focused and I'm not discrediting plants at all. Yeah, of course. And they serve their purpose. They have fiber and antioxidants and all these amazing things. But animal products, especially high protein animal products during pregnancy is going to be crucial for you, not only to get enough protein, because you need so much, but also to get these nutrients that I'm talking about. A lot of nutrients are in animal foods and they're in the version that your body needs. They're in the activated version already. The stuff that comes from plants, we have to do things to them in our body to make them into the versions that we need, which is fine. But when we're pregnant and our needs are going way, way up because we're literally creating another human and another organ and our blood. You're building a human being. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need a lot, right? So protein, that's the building blocks of literally everything. So we need a lot of it. And bonus, it comes 
package with all these nutrients that we need anyway. So if you can just focus on protein, let protein be the star of the show, even though I know it's only a quarter of your plate, focus on those high quality proteins. So the animals, when I say high quality protein, I mean from animal products because yeah. they're going to be more bioavailable. And that just means you're going to be able to absorb and use it better than you would right. a protein found from plants. What if and you're vegan or vegetarian? Right. Vegan or vegetarian, we, you guys, we could have a whole, uh, yeah, a whole, separate whole video on that because I could talk about that for like <laughs> a long, long time. But basically, if you're vegan, I honestly cannot in good conscience say that you can have a completely well-rounded diet without doing a lot of supplementing and really like focusing okay. so, so much on your diet because you're just lacking in nutrient like vitamin b12 for example is found in no plant food so you mm -hmm. automatically need to be supplementing with that so supplementing you know what the vegan diet becomes a lot more important and you're not really filling in gaps you're like filling an entire yeah, yeah. nutrient setting yeah. the stage like exactly that yeah and then vegetarian one. there's a little more like room with that because you can have eggs you can have dairy yeah. um and that 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 those are some of the most nutrient dense foods like i was just going to get to that that some of the most nutrient dense foods are things like whole eggs um organ meats i know people don't consume a lot of them but like liver kidney those types of things if you can find a way to get liver or even liver pate and hide it in something so that you don't taste it i do this um because i do not like the taste of liver but if you put a little bit because it's so nutrient dense put a little bit in like a meatloaf or meatballs or a bolognese sauce yeah, hide you it. taste it and you're getting all the benefits of all the vitamins in there and there's so much good stuff there's like vitamin a vitamin b12 tons of minerals so um if you can do that things like whole milk and fermented um milk products like cheese and yogurt and um meat with the skin on the bone in slow cooked tough cuts of meat are going to have glycine glycine is made up um glycine is what makes up all of our connective tissue and when we're pregnant everything is stretching and growing and then we we go through birth and this is like super nutritionally demanding physiological process totally. and we're healing from possibly tearing and our, our placenta comes off inside of our uterus we have this large you know dinner plate size wound. yeah an organ you created and built yeah. Yeah, so we need to be repleting and replenishing all of this, and it and it starts in pregnancy. Like we're building it yeah. all up in pregnancy, and a lot of it's getting used to make the baby. So it's so important that during pregnancy, we're providing enough for baby and ourselves and our own sores, and then postnatally as well. We want to focus on all these things as well. Um, also, vegetables are really important, and also some of the most nutrient dense foods, like especially leafy greens, and then seafood is the last one I really wanted to touch on. Things like salmon and fatty fish; those are going to give you your naturally occurring sources of the omega threes, the DHA. Right. Um, oysters and mussels, the bivalves are so nutrient dense. A lot of people yeah. don't like shellfish yeah. but um they're really really nutrient dense so but just make sure all that's well coated especially like the seafood yeah yeah and totally. oh my and god my mom gets so sick for she cannot do any kind of every single time she eats like clams or oysters she gets so sick but yeah if you're very careful and you can if you like canned for affordability and if right yeah i think that that's a great option right yeah so that way they're like you know art kind of processed and there's less yeah. of a risk so I know people are, I know we're running out of time, but really quick, just touch on like alcohol. Yeah. Like, you know. so, yeah. Alcohol. And there's, there's a book by Emily Oster and she's a statistical. Have you it's read? Very it? good. It's yeah, very good. Great. She takes all the research and she really dives into it. And I mean, honestly, like I'm not at a place to be like, go ahead and drink, you know, like, honestly, I would cut it out even before you're trying to become pregnant, but 
if you read her book, you'll see what she says is that basically what the research is looking at is it's such extremes. It's like absolutely no alcohol or people who basically binge drink. Yeah. So, you know, if you're someone who like, like don't basically don't freak out if you find out you're pregnant and you know, you're like eight weeks pregnant and you have, yeah, and you had a glass of wine a week ago, everything's right. going to be fine. Um, but again, talk to your healthcare provider. They're likely going to tell you no alcohol. And I'm as well, a no alcohol camp just right? because we still don't have enough research to really know. And it's unethical. In lag time, yeah. right? Like there hasn't been research done in that area. And we always yeah. kind of err on the conservative side about, exactly. you know, what does the research say? Right. Uh, and yeah. there hasn't been a lot on <laughs> safety. Right. It's, just, so, it's hard. It's hard to research pre the pregnant population. It's unethical to subject one group to alcohol and another group. Totally. Yeah. Alcohol, right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, but what you did there was you laid the groundwork really well. I think one of the things that I want to touch on just in the last few minutes that we have left is this idea of, okay, now baby's born. You, like you said, you just built a human being and an organ to support that human being that was growing and baby's out. Now you have to feed a baby. <laughs> so the postnatal period actually ends up being a an even more energy intensive time and life stage for women. So we've kind of built once a prenatal during pregnancy. And now let's talk about postnatal a little bit. What are the additional needs or changes from that pregnancy that then um, bring you to that postnatal period? Yeah. So also a super important time for our nutrition to be honed in and a time where we have no time or energy <laughs> to focus yeah, on yeah. so the first thing that I'm going to start with is that I want anyone listening who's planning to become pregnant or is pregnant to prepare for postpartum because it's going to come. And if you're not ready, if you don't have things set in place, like ideally get together with friends and family um, and, you know, meal prep basically. Yeah casseroles, stews, anything that you can cook together, have friends or family do it for you. If you don't have the time, even, you know, before baby comes and then put that stuff in your freezer so that when baby's here and you're exhausted and, you know, you need to be nourishing yourself, you have something ready to go and you don't have to think about it. There's also meal trains you can set up. If you check out mealtrain.com, it's a really cool um, website. Yeah, I've had friends do this. It's, yeah, like, it's so awesome. Magic. It really takes a village. So um, that's not just a saying. It's so 100% true. Yeah. I can speak, you know, directly firsthand uh, having a having a baby myself. So, um, yeah, your needs are higher than they were even during pregnancy postnatally, um, especially if you're nursing or breastfeeding. Right. So it's really important during this time that you're eating and drinking enough. This is not the time to go on a diet, especially yeah. in the early postpartum. And I, early postpartum is like basically the newborn stage, the first like three to four months, I would say no diet. Um, I know, you know, conventionally in Western medicine, we have that you have the baby and then mom doesn't get any care until like six weeks postpartum. And then it's like, oh, after that, you're cleared for sex, you're cleared for exercise and everything's fine. Postpartum, <laughs> healing from postpartum and become like truly returning back to your normal self yeah. can take research is showing now, even we've got like one to two years, it's yeah. showing like seven years now. So this is not a six weeks and you're all good to go done thing. And you don't have to worry about your nutrition anymore. Uh -huh. um, this is something that you need to replete from. You just went through birth. It's the equivalent of running a marathon. I mean, yikes, like the most physically taxing thing a woman yes. can do, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And you have lost a lot of nutrients from not only growing the baby, but 
birthing the baby. Yeah. Um, so you need to replete all that. Your, your nutrition basically needs to look the same as it did. Nothing needs to change. You just need to be even more laser focused. And it's hard because now you're, you know, you have, <laughs> now you're tired. You're, you're doing all the, that transition that you talk so much about exactly. in your podcast, right? Like, well, it can be really okay. helpful to keep, keep taking that supplement for sure. You know, talk to your healthcare provider, talk to a lactation consultant, all these things, especially if you're breastfeeding or having problems with breastfeeding or struggling in any way. Um, your breast milk is a little bit reflective of what you eat as well. So that can maybe be some motivation to really make sure you are getting what you need through your diet, because there are certain vitamins and minerals that are going to depend on what you're getting or your own source. So if you're not repleting, not only for yourself, your breast milk will be a little bit short in these things. And I don't, I'm not saying this to scare anyone and make them feel like, Oh God, well, I know I'm not going to eat that well. So I should just not even try to breastfeed. Breast milk is still so good for your baby, so healthy. It's still going to provide antibodies, human oligosaccharides, um, all these things. It's still going to be nutritious. I don't, I don't want to instill fear at all. But just awareness that your diet is still important, if not even more important yeah. now, and that it will, it will um, affect the levels of certain things in your breast milk. And again, just focus on those animal proteins, focus on that plate that I talked about, um, just getting as much as you can, a balance as you can and drinking enough water as well, because you are producing breast milk, which is a volume of liquid. Yeah. So you need to be hydrated as well. I think those are all incredibly powerful, helpful tips. And I think one thing uh, that you highlighted is just doing the best you can. <laughs> Because yeah. these are really difficult. Like we talked through it like, oh, it's a breeze. Like you do all these things before, during, and after pregnancy and you're good to go. But you're you're so great at highlighting the challenges that come and get in the way. So Natalie, I'm just so grateful to you and your wisdom and your experience and sharing yeah. it with everyone today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it helps somebody, even just one person. <laughs> totally. So what we'll do in the follow-up, I'll uh, post a comment with some of the key things that you talked about just so that people can access it. And thank you. Hopefully now I feel like we got to have you back to talk about vegans and vegetarians and all of the things. Yes. So yeah, I'd be like, there was so much that I wanted to say too that we didn't even get to. So we can have I know. Yeah. Check back. Hopefully we can do a part two uh, in yeah. the near future. So thanks Absolutely. so much, Natalie. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.